Welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. The Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information. The whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth, full truth. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the keys to the Lamborghini, gives you the information, and lets you decide what to do with it. It's a crime this information has been suppressed this long. Now let's get on with the podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Steroids Podcast with your host Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. I was traveling the other day because, you know, I've been traveling during this whole pandemic hoax, right? So I've uh, been running away from it, basically. Wherever, you know, wherever there's not lockdowns, which, you know, wherever there's not lockdowns, you know, there's basically zero corona. <laughs> uh, so I've been going to all the countries, you know, with no lockdown and, you know, where I can live life normally, which is great. And obviously no one is sick. No shit. No duh. And uh, so that's been that's been nice. That's been nice. Um, I was flying the other day. And you know what? the, f- You know what? Those damn guys who uh, they do the thing where they unload your baggage. All right. So I travel with my guitar, my red Jackson. Uh, my re- it's Japanese made from the from the early uh, the late eighties, early nineties. Pretty sick guitar. Uh, anyways, it's in a hard case and everything, but still they like fucking throw the thing, okay? Because that's how those guys do. And so the electronics got a little bit screwed up last time, and now there's some buzzing coming from the guitar. And so now I'm like, I was just playing it just before this, and I was like, ah, oh, those bastards! So now I'm gonna have to, you know. Open her up, open her up and do some operating to her insides. You know, occasionally when you're an electric guitar owner, player, you have to open your guitar up and do a little bit of operations to their insides to get them uh, back in full force. So a little distracted there. Um, Make sure you guys that you go to the uh, I know a lot of you guys listen to this on Apple Podcast. Apple's Podcast and Spotify are the two main platforms where people listen to this podcast. And then the next most popular one is YouTube. Uh, but Apple Podcast is way more listeners than anything else. And then uh, Spotify would be second, you know, um, and then YouTube third. Uh, anyways, it really helps the podcast grow uh, when you guys go to the Apple Podcast app and search, you know, Steroids Podcast, and then give it a five-star review. And if you can, like, leave a comment, too. You don't have to leave a comment, but if you could give a five-star review, and if you can leave a comment, too, on it, that's even better, um, saying that you enjoy the podcast. And, man, this has had a huge effect on the search engine optimization uh, from you guys that did that already. 
Um, and, and I just know that there's, you know, thousands of you guys that are listening to this on an Apple podcast. So there's already, you know, a nice amount in, uh, in the low hundreds, you know, on there. Uh, but you know, the effect that it had on helping people find this, and it's a really cool way to do it too, because you can leave the, uh, the, the rating or the, uh, review anonymously. And so then you don't have to like, you know, admit to all your friends on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know, that like you use steroids. Cause I know that that's one of the main reasons why, you know, you can't, you know, even if you enjoy this podcast a lot, you know, it's like, uh, you can't share it like on social media or something because, uh, you know, it's, it's like a sensitive subject. So if you enjoy the podcast a lot, you're really enjoying it, man, that would help me out like unbelievably if you could just take a second right now to pause the podcast and go over to the Apple podcast app and uh, give it a give it a five star review there. It helps spread the word. You know, we want to help everybody have the right information. We want to say, you know, fuck off to all the bodybuilding lies that have been, you know, screwing us over for all these years. So now that we have a resource here. The Steroids Podcast and Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109 page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. So, you know, we want to spread this to as many people as possible. And this is a great anonymous way to do that. So, great, you guys. Great. Uh, go over there. Go over there. Apple Podcasts app, five star review, Steroids Podcast. All right, getting into the first question for the day. Hey, Dan, the bodybuilder from Thailand. Uh, wasting gear and growth hormone in the syringe. This is from Anonymous. That, that was a strange, strange question, uh, but, but it's, it's a good question. Okay, so a lot of people will get bothered by this, and me too, especially if it's growth hormone. Because when, <laughs> for example, if you have a nortitropin pen or a genitropin pen, uh, when you take the injection... Uh, and you take it out of your, your your stomach fat, you know, when you're done with the injection, there'll be a little drop of water, you know, which is growth hormone water um, on the tip of the needle. And you'll be like, what the fuck? You, you know, because the shit's expensive, you know, so it's it's like you it'll piss you off, you know, because you'll be like, oh, I don't want this like, uh, you know, water dripping out. I'm wasting a little bit of it, even if it's just, you know, like a tiny drop, but it'll still bug you. OK, and I just want to let you guys know. Uh, who have experienced this because I know a lot of you are wondering like is there something wrong that I'm doing wrong or is like my pen you know not right Nah, it's normal man it's just part of taking it so that happens to everybody I've talked with a lot of my other friends because when I first started using noritropin pens um, I, I noticed that and I was I was pissed because I was like oh I'm losing a little drop each time that I do an injection and so then I started uh asking my other friends who used uh growth hormone pens i uh other friends who used nortitropin pens and also other friends that used uh omnitrope or genotropin pens and they were telling me the same thing and when i said something about it uh they were like they were like that's happening to you too and then they you know they'd they'd be uh show me how displeased they were about how that always happens to them as well so that's going to be a normal thing about um you know, doing that, it, it just, uh, there's no way to, you know, not waste that little drop. The only thing that you can do to kind of help it is to kind of like pull your skin out and kind of like, um, aim it vertically. 
and then like kind of like you know have the pen be doing the injection vertically so that gravity is kind of like pushing on that drop of water uh then when and then kind of like leave it in there for maybe five seconds or so uh you know after you finish the injection and kind of like fiddle with the button on the top uh and then you know that makes the little bubble that comes out you know very very much smaller that you have to waste uh the other thing would be wasting steroids in your injection syringe you know whether you're using a one milliliter insulin syringe which you know you guys don't use a needle less than half an inch if you're doing that uh a lot of the irritation and um you know problems that people have with their skin from steroid injections comes from using insulin syringes you know and not getting it deep enough because it causes a lot of irritation if steroids get mixed with the fat tissue um so if you're using an insulin make syringe, make sure it's at least a half inch long. You know, one inch long injection uh, needle is preferable. Also, uh, I just thought I'd throw this in here. It's my favorite needle for drawing oil out of ampules or vials is 18 gauge, one and a half inch needle. It's long enough to get really in there, like especially with an ampule. And it's also like a big enough, wide enough that you can just pull the gear straight in. You don't have to like wait for it sitting there, you know, waiting for it to pull in and fill up the syringe for like 10 freaking minutes, which is really a pain in the ass. And then the one that I like to use for injections is the 24 gauge or the 25 gauge one inch needle. And so, you know, it depends on, you know, how... I guess you could say lazy I was being. It's not really lazy, but, um, you know, if you do change the needle between drawing and injecting, um, that's not going to make a difference for the sterilization. Uh, you know, if you put it in the vial, you know, you're injecting whatever, you know, was in the vial. So, you know, that's not going to make a difference if you then change the needle as far as sterilization uh, after it's been in contact with the inside of the vial. But... Um, when you put it through the rubber stopper or something, or if you touch it to the glass and the ampule or whatever, that, you know, the microscopic tip of the needle is going to become bent a little bit like a fish hook or so. So then when you put it into you, it's going to give you some pain, uh, less comfortable injection. So, you know, if you open up a new needle and put it on the syringe before you do the injection, it's a lot more comfortable having it razor sharp and it's never passed through anything. You know, it's never passed through a rubber stopper at the top of a 10 milliliter vial. It's never touched the glass on the side of an ampule. You know, it's fresh out of the package and the first thing that the tip of the needle, needle touches is your skin. It makes a huge difference in how comfortable um, doing the injection is and you know, you feel way less pain, way less pain if you do it that way. So recommend that. Um, anyways, wasting uh, steroids in the syringe. Okay, so yeah, this is another thing is that there's gonna be you know, a little bit of steroids that you're going to waste in the syringe, you know, it's going to be, again, a very small amount, you know, the, like the, the tip of a, a pen or like the, the tip of a, you know, if you have one of those pencils, these mechanical pencils, and you have the little tip that comes out to write, you know, that much might get stuck, like in the syringe or something, you know, and you're not going to be able to get it out. And so you're going to waste it. Um, and that's going to happen every time. And so people, a lot, a lot of times this will be annoying or irritating to people. Um, one of the solutions that people do to help with that is to leave a little, uh, a tiny air bubble in the syringe, like, a, you know, a, a, like the size that I'm talking about when I say tiny air bubble is like, 
one tenth of a milliliter, okay, or or maybe even less, you know. But just something, you know, very small, right at the end to kind of like push the oil through. But even if you do do that, some will still get stuck in the syringe. So I, I know sometimes also people say like, oh shit, you know, they have their injections all planned out and they have it like the exact amount of gear that they need. And they're like, oh shit, yeah, you know, I'm not able to get, you know, as many milliliters as I need, you know, cause I'm wasting some of the syringe. So this is normal guys. And you got to plan for that. You got to plan for that, that, you know, some is going to be wasted, you know, whether it's steroids or whether it's the growth hormone, whatever, there is going to be a little bit um, wasted in the injection device. And there is no way of completely getting around that. There are these little ways to kind of mitigate it a little bit, but you'll always waste a little bit. And that's just part of taking PEDs is wasting a little bit. Not fun, but a part of life. All right, the next question is from Gustavo. Huge fan of the pod and the book, Ultimate Guide to Roids. This info is doing the world a massive favor. Today, I injected 250 milligrams testinanthate and 200 milligrams trenbolone anthate into my left ventral glute. The ventral glute is the shoulder of the leg. So if you reach down to your hip bone, on your side, like directly on your side, you know, like where your hand rests and you reach down to your hip bone, one inch below that is muscle there. Um, and that's your ventral glute. That's a very good injection site. Um, and he says, um, within 10 minutes, he got a sharp left knee pain in the joint around his kneecap. It was a shooting pain down into his shin. This is my fourth trend injection. And this is the first time this has happened. Any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So trenbolone has a specific um, stinging or shooting pain reaction when you take an injection. When you take testosterone or pretty much any other steroids, for the most part, when you inject it, um, you'll get a, a full sensation. So a full sensation like, oh, that took up room inside of my body. That took up room inside of the muscle. It'll kind of feel like pressure, like there's pressing inside the muscle. But trenbolone has a different feeling when it is injected. It's more of an acidic or burning or uh, stinging or like he said, shooting feeling um, or a radiating feeling from the injection site radiating away from it. So basically, as soon as the oil touches your muscle tissue, you know, you stick the needle in and then you start to, um, you know, press on the plunger as soon as that... Um, oil, trenbolone oil comes into contact with your muscle tissue inside of you, it's going to sting. And, you, you know, it's not going to be stinging so bad that you're like, oh my God, I can't press this. You know, if it's like that, then it's a problem. You know, you're, it's not good gear. But it is going to have a distinct uh, burning sensation, you know, kind of like, almost like you know, a weak acid, almost like, oh, I'm, in, I'm injecting like a weak acid or something that. You know, that shit has got so many problems with it. It's strong. It's the best bodybuilding drug, but it's got so many stupid ass problems with it. You know, that's what I'm talking about, you know, like in the book and everything, you, you know, man, this stuff is side effects city. And then, and then talk about, you know, other ways to kind of like approximate it without, without doing that. Uh, anyways, that pain that you get, it definitely, like, like after the injection, as the oil starts to absorb through your body, 
it can kind of like come into contact with some nerves and everything, the trend. And then you get these like shooting pains, like uh, Gustavo said, like radiating down your legs or something like that. Like it might be like he said, down into your shin or like down through your glute or like near your sciatic nerve or something. It's very uncomfortable. So this happens and it usually stays for about two to three hours after the injection. Um, and then, and so you'll kind of be walking around like, ah, I've got this nerve pain for two or three hours after you take the trend injection. And then, uh, and then it gets, you know, absorbed and dispersed throughout the body and then you don't feel it anymore. Uh, but that, that's a different, you know, different from, you know, t taking injections of any other steroids. So that's a thing with trend. Um, you know, you said that it hadn't happened at all until your fourth injection. Well, you know, it happens, you know, so with, with trend cough and everything like that too, it's not something that happens every time. It's something, you know, where you might not feel it, you know, five times in a row and then boom, the next time you'll get it or something like that. You know, it, it's, it's not, none of this stuff is, is super consistent. Uh, but you know, the, the stinging feeling though, on, on contact with the muscle of the tremble and oil is consistent though. So anyways, good question, Gustavo. Next question is from Bruno who asks, sup Dan, love the podcast. I have a equipoise related question. For how long can one run this compound nonstop? I've been on 500 milligrams, high quality equipoise for 10 weeks on top of my TRT with no side effects whatsoever, only solid gains. The increase in red blood cells doesn't seem to be a big issue since I donate blood regularly. Thanks for putting the truth out there. Best regards from Brazil. Oh, in Brazil, they have really good high quality vet equipoise. I'm sure that that's what he's using. Um, the, they have the actual brand name uh, vet equipoise by Pfizer um, called equipoise. That's the brand name. And they have uh, another another kind to it. I think the brand is Quality Vet, but I'm not sure. They have two different brands that are veterinary brand equipoise that, yes, are very high quality, like he was saying. Um, so, you know, people talk about that. You know, the red blood cell increase on equipoise. <laughs> equipoise increases your red blood cell count. That's kind of funny. I, I, it does. It does increase your red blood cell count. That's true. But so does testosterone. And testosterone does it very potently. Um, and then so does Anadrol. I mean, one of the reasons why Anadrol is prescribed in the U.S. and, you know, can currently even be prescribed in the U.S. is for anemia. So low red blood cell count. Um, so I'm going to tell you right now that all male hormones significantly increase your red blood cell count. That's one of the things they do, uh, increasing the amount of oxygen in your blood by doing that, increasing the amount of oxygen that is available in your bloodstream for your muscles to use it, uh, it's logical but that again that's one of the central components of using anabolic steroids is that they increase your red blood cell count i'm not sure why equipoise got this um you know there's there's like this internet myth that it has some kind of supernatural powers uh, for increasing your blood's red blood cell count and that other steroids don't like it's specifically an equipoise thing that's definitely not true. Um, it's like equipoise does it. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't do it in some kind of crazy, more potent way than the other steroids. It, they all do it. Uh, I'm not sure. 
you know, why that myth got started. You know, there's so many weird myths about the steroids that just got started on the internet and then just got repeated over and over and over again. And, you know, once something's been repeated so many times over and over again, people just think like, oh, it's true. It's true. But, you know, in this case, that's that's uh, not the way it is. It's it's just like anything else. Um, you said, you know, how long can you stay on equipoise? So this is a really good question because picking one of these injectable steroids as an addition to testosterone and making it what you rely on is really important in your long-term bodybuilding goals. So there's only, there's not that many injectables, right? And there's not even that many different types of steroids. So like there's not so many choices, but basically in order to be using steroids for a long time and doing it as healthy as possible, you got to use testosterone. That's got to be one of the ones that you're relying on. And then you got to pick another injectable that you can rely on to supplement with that with. Um, Because all of the orals, you guys, are more toxic than all of the injectables. And that goes for Trend, too. You can use Trend for quite a long time. Are the side effects of Trend um, not fun? Yes. But in comparison to the toxicity effects of orals, um, you know, they Trend is less toxic to your health than orals um and you can run it for far far longer without feeling the effects of whoa this is taking a toll on me and you know i need to take a break so that i'm not so tired or something like that anymore so uh you got to pick testosterone and then you got you got a choice you know you got deca you got equipoise you got primabolin you got Trembolone, you got Masteron, and, you know, some guys have access to one testosterone or dihydroboldenone too, so that works. And basically, you've got to um, choose, um, you know, one of those to pair with your testosterone and rely on it. You've got to go through and see which one um, really agrees with your body. Like Bruno was saying in his question, you know, he has no side effects from equipoise whatsoever, only solid gains. So, I mean, he's doing it right. He's figured out, you know, testosterone and equipoise uh, are the steroids that he uses as his base. You know, that's his main bodybuilding chemicals. Um, And, uh, you know, he's able to do this for long term. And, yeah, I mean, generally bioidentical hormones. So, you know, testosterone and human growth hormone. Those are the two most healthy bodybuilding chemicals. And then you have, um, you know, unnatural injectables like the ones that we mentioned, DECA, Mastron, Primabolin, Trembolone, Equipoise, um, One Testosterone. Um, and, and those are the second tier. And then you have uh, oral steroids, which are, you know, the third tier where, you know, it's definitely similar to like smoking cigarettes, you know, on your cardiovascular system to be taking oral steroids. So it's like you know, are you, are you going to get cancer or a heart attack, you know, from smoking cigarettes for a month, you know, or two months? No. But if you're doing it for 10 years straight, you know, you're, you're definitely increasing your chances of, uh, you know, cardiovascular disease, uh, because of, you know, what they do to your, you know, it's cumulative damage that adds up. So, That's how that goes. You know, you got to choose, you know, what kind of health risk you're going to be taking in your life. You know, some people choose to take steroids and have a clean diet and exercise. Other people decide to eat 
a bunch of crap, drink alcohol, not exercise and, um, <laughs> you know, not take steroids. And so, you, you know, and, and, you know, they're, they're not any healthier. So you've got to choose, you know, but don't, don't do this thing with the steroids, you know, where you're acting like a little child where you're like, okay, I'm going to use the steroids to like cheat the system. And, you know, I'm going to do all this partying and eating all this bad food and then taking the steroids. Like that's, that's how you're going to get fucked up. Uh, so you need, you need to be an adult about this. Uh, about taking your steroids, being, being an adult, don't, don't be like a little kid, you know, trying to eat candy and treats all day. You know, you're going to take steroids, you know, take some responsibility and mitigate some of the other risks, eat healthy whole food. Um, all right. Um, yeah, so you can take, you know, equipoise for, it's up to you, bro. But if it was me, it wouldn't make me feel uncomfortable to use it in 16 to 20 week in intervals. Um, you know, you should check your blood work while you're on cycle and see what it looks like. You know, for me, I can take a thousand milligrams of testosterone and, and, um, you know, on cycle have perfect blood work except for my red blood cell count being too high. And so then, you know, I have to get rid of some blood, um, to make, you know, the density of my blood cells that are within my blood volume go down. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, a thousand milligrams of testosterone doesn't make my blood work bad. So it's not, you know, increasing, you know, it's not causing me cardiovascular damage, damage to my liver and kidneys, etc. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's it. So, so you should, if you like running equipoise or you guys that, you know, are, you're trying to figure out what is the steroid, you know, that I'm going to rely on that works good for me, that gives me low side effects, that I'm going to rely on in addition to testosterone to do my bodybuilding and do my gains, which one, you know, you got to figure that out. And then, uh, you know, once you're on it and you're, you know, you've been using it for a while, you should, you should get a blood check, uh, a general blood check and, and see what it does to you. And, and then, you know, make a decision, you know, like how much do I want to run this stuff? You know, for Gustavo or sorry, Bruno, it's a, uh, it's equipoise for me, it's Prima Bolin. Um, and, and, you know, it can just be even even better for your health is just testosterone and growth hormone. Um, so that's it, you know. But testosterone, growth hormone, primobolin, that's a good one for me. For Bruno, testosterone, equipoise, and then, you know, eventually at some point, if he wants to, growth hormone, that would be good for him. You know, you can definitely be a full out, full on all out bodybuilder on that stuff. And then if you want to use, you know, other stuff too, you can use that, you know, throwing it in, in and out from time to time. And, you know, when you do that, you just know that, hey, I'm doing something unhealthy right now. So I don't want to do it, you know, all the time. I just want to do, you know, that every once in a while. Like, you know, some people party every once in a while. Some people eat junk food every once in a while, or don't exercise every once in a while, etc. You got to pick your battles, pick your risks. Okay. The next question is from Nick. Question for the podcast. What's your thoughts on injectable clenbuterol? Seems all the rage here in Australia at the moment, though I don't know if any of anyone who actually injects it. Most just take it orally. Any benefits like localized fat loss with injecting it subcutaneously? No, no. It, it's, it's very orally uh, available. Um, it absorbs like more than 90%, uh, microgram per microgram. Cause that's how it's measured. Uh, 
into the uh, it, through the mouth. So you don't need to inject it. I I can see the appeal, you know, because somebody would say like, oh, there's there's some spot spot fat loss reduction and and it will be active if you inject it i mean it, it will be a bioavailable you know just like it is if you take it through your mouth um but the reason wh- how clenbuterol works is it it there's these receptors uh, that are they're related to adrenaline response okay and they're called adrenergic receptors and when adrenergic receptors get stimulated um that causes fat cells to uh put out their their lipids, their stored lipids, their stored fats into the bloodstream, okay, for um for energy purposes. And so that's that's how clenbuterol works and and so it's it's more of a systemic thing than a localized thing. And uh the main I mean the main function that that clenbuterol has is it stimulates your body to release more adrenaline and it does this around the clock and then that adrenaline it attaches to its receptor um, on the fat cells and causes them to put energy into the uh, bloodstream. And, you know, you, you've got higher adrenaline all the time. You've got higher amounts of uh, fatty acids, lipids in your bloodstream all the time, and you burn more fat. Um, just injecting it, that, that seems like something that would be like somebody who really likes to do injections. You know, they're just obsessed with injecting everything. That's the same thing with injecting the SARMs. It's like, what the hell? These things are like 95% oral bio, oral bioavailability. So you're getting 5% more. You could have just taken one extra milligram through your mouth and you would have got the same effect. You know, that, that's like people who just, they're obsessed with needles and syringes and love doing injections. So I don't see any reason, uh, or, or maybe they're trying to like be badasses or, or shocking or something like that with needles, you know, because... Uh, you know, these pe- there are so many weird people out there. <laughs> All right. Next question. Alex says, I'm on a cycle of test Enanthate 125 with higher dosage Primabolin and Mastron. Before I was running higher dosage testosterone propionate with the Primabolin, but then swapped out the milligrams of testosterone and replaced it with the same milligrams of Mastron. And now my strength gains have stopped. How can I tweak my cycle to get strength gains without much weight gain and no fat gain? All right, so he was let like let's say he was running seven hundred milligrams of testosterone and seven hundred milligrams of primabolin, and then he says that he uh, put in mastron and then dropped his you know testosterone to about a hundred milligrams per week, and now he's on six hundred mastron instead, and he noticed um, you know his performance went down. Um, this is not surprising. It's not surprising because testosterone brings stuff into the body it brings sodium it brings carbohydrates it brings all the stuff that your body needs to do performance and to have fuel storage in your muscles it brings it all into the body and Masteron kind of does the opposite, you know, like like Masteron has a more densifying, sucking down effect. It definitely does not make your muscles bigger at all. So Primabolin, on the other hand, does, um, you know, give your muscles a certain shape and like a roundness and kind of like pump your muscles up a bit. You know, it gives you like that kind of an effect. But Masteron does not do that. Masteron has a, it doesn't make you any bigger at all. It makes, it probably 
you know, you could say it makes you a little bit smaller to be on Masteron. Uh, it's more of a sleek, lean, athletic look rather than a big, you know, strong, um, big, you know, monster type of look. It's definitely not that at all. Um, it's a pretty interesting steroid like that. And so, I, you know, I've experimented with Masteron, too. I remember one time I was on um, Masteron and Winstrol. And I let my testosterone go out of my body. You know, I stopped taking testosterone, but I was on Masteron, Winstrol, and Proviron. And, uh, you know, people then started saying that I got big because I had been on, you know, a regular steroid cycle. They were like, hey, Dan, you know, it's funny what's been going on with your body. You know, you were real big for a while. You blew up and now you're back small again. And, uh, and then, you know, <laughs> once I got back on a normal cycle, put the test back in there, like, and now you're big again. And I think they were like, uh, like, you know, teasing or something like you're on steroids. Cause I, you know, I wasn't talking with them about like, you know, I'm on steroids and it was when I was pretty new to steroids, you know? So that, that was funny though, that people thought that I had gone off cycle because I had stopped taking testosterone and instead been taking, uh, you know, Masteron. It was Masteron, Winstrol and Proviron. And, and and to them, it looked like I wasn't even on steroids anymore. And I, I remember that there was a huge decrease in my performance, too, like in my energy and the amount of strength that I had, the amount of sets that I could do without needing to reduce the weight, et cetera, in the gym. It was like that. Um, you know, so when, when you take out testosterone, testosterone is very powerful, you guys. And like I've mentioned in the podcast previously, when you take testosterone, all of your other steroids then work better. And the more testosterone you take, the less of other steroids you need in order to get their characteristic effects out of them. So, for example, um, somebody that is taking 100 milligrams of testosterone and 300 milligrams of trenbolone, you know, they're going to have to, in comparison to somebody who's taking 1,000 milligrams of testosterone and 300 milligrams of trenbolone, you know, that 300 milligrams of trenbolone is going to be very more, much more potent and, you know, having the, pro the profound effects of Trenbolone. Uh, and the guy is going to ex be experiencing, you know, uh, characteristic or stereotypical Trenbolone effects more when he's also on 1,000 milligrams of testosterone. If he's, you know, only on 100 milligrams of testosterone, he would have to, like, bump up the trend dosage a lot in order to be getting those... I mean, he'll still be getting them, don't get me wrong. He'll still be getting trend effects at 300 milligrams per week, Okay. But if he wanted to be getting, you know, like really powerful, like in your face trend effects, you know, he wouldn't be getting those as much as, you know, those characteristic effects, those stereotypical effects. So what I'm trying to say is that the more testosterone you take, the stronger all of your other steroids are and the less of them that you need in order to get their stereotypical effects. So if you are taking Mastron and Primabolin, at uh, high dosages, but you're not ha taking much testosterone, then the the Primabolin and the Masteron are going to be way less effective than if you upped the dosage of uh, the testosterone. Then you're going to notice way more of the Masteron and Primabolin effects, the stereotypical effects of those two steroids. Um, you know, otherwise you're going to, you know, remember that thing where Rich Piana was like, oh, you know, I went off of everything and I tried to, I just tried Primable and alone at a thousand milligrams per week to see, 
you know, if it, it lived up to its reputation and that it was all the rage that people say it was. And he said, you know, it was weak. Well, yeah, man, you went off your test. Like, that's the way it's going to be. That That's definitely the way it's going to be when you do that. You know, if you took the thousand milligrams of primobolin with a thousand milligrams of testosterone, now all of a sudden you're going to get the effects that, you know, primobolin is known for and that are stereotypical for, for primobolin. But that that's not happening unless uh, unless unless you do that. So it's it, that's a good example for all the stars. You know, if you want to be on Anavar, for example, which Anavar is a really popular one with people who aren't very experienced with steroids, but then most people that get really experienced with steroids kind of forget about Anavar. Um, but you know, and you're wondering, you know, I'm taking an Anavar only cycle, uh, and it's not working very good, and you're not getting the characteristic effects that you thought you would get with Anavar. You know, the moment that you throw in some testosterone in there, all of a sudden, now the Anavar will come alive. And now you'll start noticing, you know, those characteristic, stereotypical effects of, oh, yeah, this is what Anavar is supposed to be like. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, next question, Vs asks, does marijuana lower test levels? And also, does THC give you gyno? All right. Um, marijuana reduces, uh, DHT conversion. So the conversion of the, the enzyme five alpha reductase that it reduces that, that converts, um, testosterone, the muscle building hormone into dihydrotestosterone, which is the sex hormone, the hormone that like makes you a man, makes you have beard growth, makes you have sex drive, etc. Um, but th this, it's a very, uh, and it's also an androgen receptor blocker, but it's very weak at these things, you guys. So don't get like, uh, you know, bent out of shape and like, oh, you know, I smoke weed. And so now my steroids aren't going to work because that, that's not the way it is. Okay. The steroids definitely still work with the weed, but if you are smoking around the clock, like you're always stoned 24 hours a day, they won't work as good. Okay. And, and you'll notice it. You'll notice it too. You'll, you'll notice, um, hmm, you know, when I was only smoking, you know, once a day, you know, like I came home from work and I smoked at night, my steroids definitely worked better than when, you know, uh, was smoking 24 hours a day. <laughs> like, you know, it's undeniable. It's undeniable when you've, uh, when you've done both. So, hey, marijuana can be great stuff, but I definitely think that it should be used, you know, you know, sparingly, like, like any other kind of um, consciousness altering thing. So, you know, when you drink coffee all day, every day, it loses its magic. When you smoke marijuana all day, every day, it loses its magic. If you drink alcohol all day, every day, it loses its magic. All these things, you know, anything that alters your consciousness at all. You know, if you're using them, you know, a maximum of one time per day, That that's always the best way to do it, you know, to get the best effects and have the, you know, magic of using them in there. Um, and, and as far as, you know, you know, the specifically, you know, THC, you know, it's a very, and marijuana, it's a very weak androgen receptor blocker. So if you're absolutely loading your body with marijuana and THC on a, you know, around the clock basis, yes, your steroids will work a little bit, not as good, uh, but they will still definitely work. Um, and for naturals, yes, THC can give them gyno. Why? Uh, this is because it blocks the conversion 
of, you know, it reduces that enzyme, 5-alpha reductase, that transforms testosterone into the sex hormone, dihydrotestosterone. So you'll notice that if you don't have testosterone in your cycle, and then all of a sudden you do add some testosterone, you know, your body will actually get harder, which people think, huh, what? I thought I didn't, you know, I didn't know that testosterone would make me harder. Um, you know, even if you're taking something, you know, something like Winstrol or something like that, that typically is known for making you harder. Um, you'll think like, oh, I thought testosterone would just add water. Well, it actually adds a hardness because that dihydrotestosterone is such a potent hardener. Uh, any dihydrotestosterone compounds are very potent hardeners. And so uh, dihydrotestosterone is as potent in its masculinizing effects as trenbolone does. So you get a very profound hardening effect from adding a little bit of testosterone into any cycle uh, versus not having any in there. Um, and so that very strong androgen, dihydrotestosterone, competes with estrogen at receptor sites, okay? And it can block estrogen from attaching to uh, estrogen receptors. So if a guy has low dihydrotestosterone, then he's not going to have the hormone dihydrotestosterone competing in his nipple and blocking estrogen receptor sites at his nipple. And so, you know, if he's in puberty, he's got a lot of hormones, especially it's usually, you know, guys that were smoking weed in puberty, not guys later. But, you know, some guys do have some marijuana induced gyno later in life. Um, then they can, you know, have the, this, uh, but it's mainly the puberty guys that are in puberty, smoking a lot of weed. And, you know, so they're getting less dihydrotestosterone um, conversion out of their testosterone production. And, you know, then they have uh, an estrogen receptor that doesn't have any uh, dihydrotestosterone really blocking it in their nipple. And so then the estrogen is free to get in there, block the, or, and bind to the estrogen receptor in their nipple, and they get some gyno. So that's, you know, if you're wondering, you know, how come these guys that, you know, smoke a lot of uh, marijuana, cannabis, uh, have gyno, and it's usually the, these guys that are doing it when they're teenagers in puberty, you know, I smoked a lot of weed when I was, uh, you know, a teenager, and, you know, I got gyno from it, you know, that, that's the reason why it's doing that. Um, there's an article too, you know, this, the website for this podcast is called steroidspodcast.com. And, you know, with all this censorship, all these things are getting deleted. You know, it's, it's what I've said since the very beginning, you know, I know how the internet works guys. You know, I've been working online for a long time. You've got to go to the steroids podcast website and sign up for the VIP email list. Okay. So that I have your email. And so that, you know, when I eventually get deleted from social media again, like I already have, um, had my, you know, big YouTube channel get deleted years ago. Um, I'll still be able to contact you. You won't say, you know, where does he go? You know, I can't find him. He was deleted off all these platforms. Well, I'll be able to email you and say, Hey bro, I got deleted. So, you know, here's where you can find the podcast now. So you got to go to the website. Okay. But on the other website, you know, my bodybuilder in Thailand.com website on the second article on the homepage, there's a, an article called how to shrink and get rid of gyno. And it will give you, if you're one of these guys that has a uh, pubertal gyno or something like that, or steroid induced gyno, it will give you step-by-step -step protocol that you can use to shrink that, um, how to do that, you know, how to, how to take care of your gyno, you know, at, at least the best that it can, you know, if you don't have extreme gyno, you, you can definitely get it to an unnoticeable level. Uh, but, uh, if you, if you do have a, you know, 
something like a golf ball under your nipple, then, you know, you're going to have to have surgery if you want it to be completely gone. But for anybody else, uh, you know, if it's just mild at all, you can definitely get it way shrink down. Okay. On to the next question. Nelson asks, wait, he says, okay. He says, while on synthetic testosterone, the man's sperm production is down. Does that make them totally infertile until they take HCG? This is a really good question. A lot of guys think they're, you know, sterile and have no ability to impregnate a woman while they're on steroids. And while your, your, your fertility is impaired and you have less fertility, you still do have some fertility. And there are plenty of guys who have been on cycle and gotten girls pregnant, okay? So don't think that it's some kind of like foolproof birth control. And since you're on steroids, you can't get girls pregnant. You definitely can. And guys do, okay? So something like being on steroids and the pullout method, that works really well. <laughs> um, uh, but, but, you know, not, not, not pulling out, okay? If you're, if you're doing that, you know, you're, that's stupid if you're not pulling out and you're on steroids, uh, okay? Because uh, you are definitely not 0% fertile. The actual testosterone goes, it, it interacts with the Leydig cells in your, te in your testicles and makes them produce uh, a bit of sperm. Um, so the actual testosterone that you're injecting actually has effects inside your, inside your testicles and makes them produce a bit of sperm. You're not 100% infertile. You do have some fertility, but it's highly reduced, okay? But d just don't use it as, you know, a method of birth control and now you're gonna think like oh i can't get a girl pregnant because you definitely can um all right and the next question is going to be from carrie he says hello dan on cycle feeling good but testicles are shut down <laughs> another fertility question can get erection but can't finish Cycle is 10 milligrams D-ball, 40 milligrams Winstrel. Can I take Clomid to get it back during cycle, or could I up the D-ball milligrams? Thanks for the help. Um, you know, D-ball can give some sexual side effects, okay? So D-ball ha has a very potent form of estrogen that it forms called methyl estradiol instead of normal estradiol. And so this is like an extra potent form of estrogen, and it can be upsetting to your sexual performance or sexual drive, etc. Mostly doing having to do with erections. So you say you, you can get an erection, okay, yeah. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, some people will get some sexual dysfunction on D-ball where like the erection won't last very long or something like that. Um, other people have crazy sex drive on D-ball, you know. It, it's very individual, but, you, you know, it's not, it's not just something where like, you know, you take steroids and, and you have this crazy sex drive, you know, it, it, you got to balance a lot of shit out to make that all work. <laughs> you know, messing around with your hormones, it fucks up with your sex drive, you know, unless you got a really big understanding or, you know, you read Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109 page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand so that you're able to troubleshoot your side effects, you know. Troubleshoot your side effects, having everything in one place in 109 pages so that you're able to uh, know what each hormone is doing and know the answers to get rid of your side effects. <laughs> you know, all, the, 
all the information that you need that you absolutely need and nothing else so that it's you know not too confusing like the podcast where you have 40 hours of shit to sift through um you know you could increase your your d-ball to 20 milligrams to go with the 40 milligrams of winstrol and see if that helps but what i really think it is is i think that your body probably just doesn't agree with the methyl estrogen and it probably wants some testosterone in there. You know, if Clomid's not going to help, you know, you're going to feel like shit. If you take Clomid, that's what Clomid does. It makes you feel like shit. And, and let me tell you why the way that Clomid works is it goes into your brain and at your hypothalamus, it stimulates estrogen receptors, your hypothalamus, part of your brain, other parts of your brain to see it as estrogen it thinks it's estrogen and has its estrogen receptors get lit up and these uh the ones that it it stimulates like that cause your body to start uh releasing gonadotrophin releasing hormone which then travels down to your pituitary gland which then releases luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone which then transfers down to your testicles and makes them start uh producing sperm and testosterone so that's how clomid works by specifically stimulating estrogen receptors in your brain. And that's why when you go on Clomid, you feel like dog shit. And everyone that uses it hates it. And guys who have it like prescribed to them for uh, hypogonadism are like, fuck, I don't, I don't want to take this. You know, like I, I don't even like take it, even though I'm prescribed it. I just rather have low testosterone. That stuff makes you feel terrible and totally out of control of your emotions. So I recommend not taking that. You know, if you want to, you know, if you're not going to inject testosterone, why don't why don't you just get some HCG, you know, so that you're producing your own testosterone again? Um, you know, then you'd have your testosterone, you'd have the D-ball in there and the Winstrol. Like I said, you can, you know, experiment with going up to uh, 20 milligrams of D-ball and seeing if that makes a fix. But I think your body's pretty much saying, you know, it wants testosterone or another thing is you might have a, you know, your, your estrogen might be a little high or something like that, or you might not like your body might have, you know, a rejection of methyl estrogen, uh, methyl estradiol from D ball and doesn't want that in there or else you have some mild sexual dysfunction. So it's all about troubleshooting this stuff and playing around with it. You know, that's why, I, that's why I talk about troubleshooting side effects in the book. All the different compounds have all their different little things that you got to troubleshoot. Uh, to get around and make them work right. All right, so that was the last question for today, guys. Uh, make sure that you go to the Apple Podcasts app and leave a five-star review for the Steroids Podcast. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions or email or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.